Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Real Estate Marketing Implementation, the book. You can find out more about that at realestatemarketingremarketingbook.com. If you need want, if you need or want clarity on marketing, tech, and implementation, grab your copy at realestatemarketingimplementation.com. All right. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Implementation Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. This podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, to spotlight you, Corey, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Corey Rankin. Corey Rankin, dad of five little entrepreneurs, foster parent for 10 years, and author of six books and journals. Corey is on a mission to help the family stay strong. Corey helps busy entrepreneur dads become more present and engaged fathers. He believes that every child deserves to have an in- intentional dad at home. After Corey became an entrepreneur, he discovered the life- that life was not easy because he worked from home, but had to learn how to become more intentional and focused dad while balancing business and family. Corey hosts the free present the free host the free present fought dad five-day challenge where he helps entrepreneur dads develop frameworks to change the way they show up as dads and businessmen. Corey, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You're very welcome. So, Corey, um, I'm excited because I'm a dad and I understand uh, what it's like to be a dad. I want to hear from you, though. Like, tell us your personal story and how you got into, like, this, uh, where you are now. Like, tell us about dads and take us through the journey a little bit. Okay, so... My wife and I, we may will be 15 years that we've been married, but we've been foster parents for, for 10 of those years. And while, while being a foster parent, I was in physical therapy school. And while in physical therapy school, we had the kids that we were fostering, none of our own yet. And um, I just was not showing up for my family in a way that I needed to. School was taking the first priority. I was always at the school library. My, I went to Toro University, which was a private Jewish school, and the school library was open from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. They closed the school long enough for janitors to clean it up and open again. And I would go to class at 7.30 in the morning, and then I would go to the library until midnight a lot of the nights. My wife would bring me food in the We'd eat in, from a Tupperware dish in the parking lot of school. I'd go back to study. And that was really putting a toll on me and my wife and my kids. And while I was in physical therapy school, I got introduced to an entrepreneur named Greg Todd. And he had a business conference in Florida. And so I went to his business conference in 2018. And that was real amazing. And then in 2019, I went back to his conference and joined his mastermind that was there. But to rewind just a little bit, in 2017, we were living in Vegas and there was a major tragedy in our community. And my wife was a nurse. She was working at the hospital that night. And that night she got an impression from the Lord that said, your purpose in life is to to save families. And that was confusing because I was in grad school. She was a nurse and she was 
preparing to go to grad school to become a marriage and family therapist. We were active at church. We we're active in the community. We we're foster parents for five years. We thought we were caring for families, but we put our faith in the Lord. And for two years, we had no additional instruction what that meant. And then when fast forward to 2019 at that business conference, we got an impression that said, your time is now. And we were also confused. Time is now for what? We joined that mastermind that was available there. And that was the start of our entrepreneur journey. And initially, we started working with, uh, as we were starting to become entrepreneurs, we're like, what should we do? We thought we'd go with parenting because that was our experience as foster parents. And that didn't feel right. So then we started working with couples who were about to get divorced. And we worked there for a while. And then we started serving entrepreneurs. And we were still helping entrepreneurs who were about to get divorced. And that was just draining. That was taking a lot of our energy. And eventually we progressed to entrepreneurs who liked each other. And the business was just taking over. And that was so much better. I could pour in my energy to those individuals, but not feel empty when I was going home to my family. And then that progressed into me serving entrepreneur dads, which is where I'm at now. And I'm, I love it so much. Like that's my jam that I didn't know I needed was just focus on helping dads become more intentional present fathers of the 10 years. I've been a foster parent. I've cared for 30 children in, in my home, adopted five of those kids, five friends and, and other uh, foster parents around. They had kids whose fathers weren't present. I had five kids, five different dads. So between foster care and entrepreneurship where dads are just grinding nonstop and the family's becoming second place, I found a huge need that children need their dad. They need more intentional present fathers. Just being in the home is not enough, but you really have to be intentional and really show up for your family. And that doesn't happen in many scenarios, that's not happening in entrepreneurs on accident, not because they don't love their family and just they get stuck in the grind and become a slave to their business. And so I'm really on a mission to build stronger families and build homes where children have loving parents that can give them the confidence and things um, that they need for success in their own life. Thank you. So a uh, key word that you mentioned, intentional what does that mean? And how does like a father, entrepreneur, business person, how do they become more intentional? And I want to customize it. Let's make it more specific to like what you said about the children. How can a father be more intentional with his child as an entrepreneur? Well, a lot of times an entrepreneur will think, oh, I'm, I'm home. I'm good. But they're taking calls during dinner. They're on their phone. Work never truly sh shuts off. So that would be the first place that you can start being intentional. When you're with your family, be with your family. The phones are away. You're not taking calls. You're not checking emails. But you're really in the moment with the kids, understanding what they want, and really having conversations that are meaningful with your kids, like things they care about. The In youth now, the mental health is rising, depression rates, suicide rates, low confidence, a lot of problems that our youth are experiencing nowadays, they just don't get the attention that they need at home. And so for me, being an intentional father is having conversations, know what your kids are doing, being present at their events, whether it's sporting, play, school events, know their friends, know what their challenges are. And the only way you know that is by having those conversations, by spending time 
by being available both physically and emotionally for your kids. So for me, intentional looks like not just, oh, it's family time, let me do, but something you think about, something that you do on purpose. Okay. So a lot of people are going to say, like, especially like I find that with serious entrepreneurs, like, how can I do that if I have a business to run? Or even like some people have jobs. It's like, how can I do that? Like, what are the steps? What are the straight? Like, what do I exactly do to be more intentional? What would you say to that? Well, I would say entrepreneurs often live by their calendar. If it's on the calendar, it gets done. If it's not on the calendar, it goes to the bottom of the list and they do it if they get to it. So I would say, put your family on the calendar first. And what I mean by that is entrepreneurs, especially ones that are on sales calls or like in real estate, in your guys' case, are on different showings at all different times of the day and those kind of things. So when I say put your family on the calendar first, put the appointments, put the kids' athletic time, put the time where you're just going to be together as a family and build everything else around that. As a real estate agent, and you go on a showing, if you put your family on the calendar, son's baseball game at 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock, now you know when you build your schedule and you're looking at your calendar, oh, I can't do a showing at this time because I'll be at a ball game. I can't do a showing at this time because I'll be at the doctor's or whatever it is. Put your family on the calendar first and then – don't allow other events to bump your family off the calendar. And what I mean by that is if I have go out to dinner with family tonight on my calendar and then a call comes up, a lot of times will be, oh, I can take that call at six and family will go out to dinner at seven or eight and it never happens. Like you truly bump off the calendar. I'm not saying you have to be rigid, but what I am saying is make sure you have the discipline that your family events that go on the calendar do not get bumped. You can move them or adjust the time, but if you have it scheduled for Friday date night with, with the kids at 6 o'clock, don't bump that off and, oh, next week we'll do it. But if you know something's going to come up at 6 o'clock on Friday, then you better put it on Wednesday at 6 o'clock or something like that. So that's, that's where I would start first if you're busy and you want to be intentional. As, put your family on the calendar first. And build your schedule around that. Because then when the ball games are there, you're not trying to be like, if I can get out of the office on time, I'll be there. You know when you have to be there. And doing this way also helps you to force you to be more effective when you are working because you have to get the amount of stuff done and you have a short amount of time because you're not missing that baseball game. You're not missing the daughter's first school play or the daddy-daughter dance, or whatever it is. Every family has something different, different activities, different needs. And when you put your family on the calendar first, you show them that they're their first priority. A lot of entrepreneurs do it backwards. They go all in on, on their business, and the family becomes second place on accident. But what I'm telling you to do here is build a business where your family's first place, that they get your best time and attention and not your leftovers. When you do it this way, you show up at home, things go well, and you have a greater capacity to do things well in the business. When things are not going well at home or they're stressful or you're being told by your wife or kids that, Dad, I wish you would just come to a ball game. I wish I could just have a moment with you that you weren't taking a work call. That 
that weighs on your family. And eventually, nobody likes being second place. They're going to go other places. Your kids are not going to come to dad anymore. They're going to go to mom because she she's available. And so really be build a business where your family is the first priority and not second priority. On accident, lots of entrepreneurs give their best time and attention to the business and then the leftovers to their family. And if we'll reverse that, we'll see our relationships in our home thrive and our productivity in the business increase as well. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned like being a foster parent and I used to be a foster child. I was like, I, I got abused and they took me away, I think five or six years. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, like your, like what happened and why you chose to be a foster parent and stuff like that? Yeah. So I'm very much Christian and um, about a year and a half into our marriage, my wife got an impression. She came to me one day and said, we need to adopt. And my first words are like, you got to be kidding me. Because we're a year and a half into our marriage. We hadn't thought about kids at the moment. We were both working. We were both going to school, working on our undergrad degrees. And so parent becoming a parent wasn't what was on our mind. And then as we got that impression, we ignored it six times. And after it kept coming back and coming back, we finally like, okay, we can't run any longer. And then we became foster parents while we were in Utah, but because we were both working full-time and not working full-time and going to school full-time, we never took any placements of any children as foster parents in Utah. But then when we moved to Vegas, I can go to physical therapy school. We moved to Vegas in June of 2022 or 2012, 2012. There we go. Finally got it. And then we became licensed foster parents in December of 2012. And then we got our first placement December 27, 2012, the day after our license became official. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, we were like, I have five, I have four siblings. So it was five of us. They took three of us away. And it's really hard to like find a home where they would take all of us. Cause we were, we're considered like a little bit older. So, uh, I salute you and your wife for being a foster parent because that can be, um, sometimes it can be unrewarding or sometimes it can be tough. It can be difficult. So I'm grateful to you for doing that. Yeah, a combination of both. Like I said, I'm, I cared for 30 children over those 10 years and I've learned to love at a level deeper than most. And a lot of times people want to congratulate us as foster parents. Oh, you're so great. You're so wonderful. You're doing such great things for these kids. And that is true. But really, the kids are doing so much for me because of the 30 kids. I had to have 30 different personalities, 30 different emotions, 30 different. And so I had to adjust my ability to be a parent at a level. And not, these kids have been through through trauma, whether it's abuse, abandonment, drug exposure, whatever it is. So they've got a lot more challenges than the typical youth or child. And so. When they come into our home, they're scared, they're afraid, they're in an environment that they're not used to. So it's, it can be very challenging. And the thing that kids need the most is the love and the structure. But oftentimes kids have never had that before. And so they don't know how to receive that love. They don't know how to receive that gentleness. They don't know how to receive someone who's looking out for their best interest. And so that can be challenging. Like several of the cases that we had 
were very challenging with my my son and then my daughter were very challenging case 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 court cases there we go and i'm struggling with some words today but so those two were very challenging court cases but my other three boys were very simple their moms were using drugs and one two of them relinquished her rights and the state terminated because she disappeared and vanished on the other one and so there's so much that goes into being a foster parent but when it's all said and done the kids are the ones that are suffering the most and they need the most love they feel so much rejected especially like if they're having visits with their parents and their parents are choosing not to effectively do their case plan to get the kids back but they tell them things all the time to disappoint them oh i'm doing what i need to do you'll be coming home soon and then they don't come to the next visit or they're just filling the kids with false hope and so there's a lot of emotions that go through with, with foster care like even if they're settled in your home things are going well and they're starting to catch up school a lot of a lot of the foster kids are behind in school or they're not at a level where they're supposed to be for their age whether it's developmentally whether it's emotionally so that's something that we have to catch up on too in many scenarios as a foster parent and so it's a challenge but i would highly recommend you have space in your heart and in your home to bring a child to care for them and love them and give them the support i would recommend it so much because it's life-changing for them and for me i've become so much more as a man and a husband as a father because i had to learn to love at a deeper level than most thank thank you for sharing that and all those things you said was like definitely tough and i didn't realize i had those problems until i became an adult so i was a child and i was like acting out and doing these things as a kid and i really didn't realize what the issue was i wasn't loved i felt neglected rejected all of those things until i became an adult so sometimes we don't even know so thank you well and you're exactly right when the because of the experiences the kids had um a lot of times they're acting out because that's the only time they've had attention. They were often ignored when they were calm, when they were making good choices, when so acting out was a way of here I am, you need I need to be seen, and the only way I get attention is that. And so a lot of times with some consistency and structure, we can um, eliminate a lot of that. But a lot of times the emotional trauma is so much like they the kids who have had those experiences don't are not able to to receive the soft gentle love care because so that's a way of protection for themselves they've been hurt so many times that they act out or they push you away many times in a foster home especially with teens or older children they act out intentionally trying to get kicked out of that home because they feel like if they get kicked out that home then maybe they can go back to their parents or, or things like that and so there's a lot of different experiences with different kids and when they're trying to sabotage the placement that they're in that's when they need the most love thank you I, i've done that myself and uh so i completely understand i was like trying to get back to my mom it didn't work out but it, it's <laughs> all i know so with that uh you talked to like 
earlier, you talked a little bit about like the calendar and um, like scheduling that family. That, that was helpful because I don't do that. Like I have like certain days, so I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to put time on my calendar for my family and my children specifically. So that was a really good uh, tip. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I'm thinking about productivity. Like a lot of times we think about productivity hacks. And one of the questions that I typically like to ask our guests is to share a productivity hack with us or kind of productivity secret, something that can make us more productive. So I pose you like, what is something that dads can do or business people? What's something they could do to be more productive? Share a hack with us. Wear one hat at a time and the schedule, put your family on the calendar first really helps with that. And what I mean by wearing one hat at a time is we have, we feel like we have to be all the things, the fix it, daddy, the provider, all the things being at the sporting event. And we feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders so much because we have so much responsibility and we got to provide, we got to work. And oftentimes that work leads to, Oh, I'm going to choose to take a work call over my time with my kids. And so when I say wear one hat at a time, when we don't do that, when we're trying to do all things at once, I might be working and I'm thinking about what I have to do at home or my kids activity. And then what could take me 30 minutes or an hour is now taking me four hours because I'm not being very efficient. So wear one hat at a time. When you're being an entrepreneur, when you're working, 100% be an entrepreneur. Don't let anything else, but be an entrepreneur on a calendar, be an entrepreneur where there's a clear stop. Okay. Now it's time for the next task. This hat goes back on the shelf. This hat comes out. Now I'm going to be the world's best dad. Nothing. I'm not taking a work call that can wait a few hours that can wait till tomorrow. And most of the time as an entrepreneur, it can wait, but it can only wait if we've originally set those boundaries. If we don't have the boundaries in place that we have the space to be with our family, you're going to get calls, especially as an agent all the time, calls in the night, calls in the day. And for the most part, unless you're having like a closing and very time sensitive, most of the things can wait till tomorrow. A, a showing can wait a few hours and those kind of things. So wear one hat at a time. When you're doing a showing, be all in and show that home. Give your client that you're about to serve the best available effort that you can. And then when it's time to be dad, 100% dad. When it's time to be cook, you better cook that best meal that you can. When it's time to be the landscaper, then mow that lawn real quick and get back on to the next thing. When we when we have a clear block, this is an hour task. This is going to take me an hour. Then I'm going to move on to the next hat. But we have a tendency to do lots of things at once. And then we do a whole bunch of things poorly instead of one thing great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Corey, I'd like to ask you some personal questions. The first personal question is, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? A cool dad. And what I mean by a cool dad is kids talk. So when they're on the playground uh, on with their friends, they got two choices. They can say, my dad is a no-show. He works so much. He's not available. I don't know when he's going to be at my ball games. Or... Your children can tell their friends, my dad is so cool. Like he's at all my ball games. I get to spend time with him. He knows all my friends. He knows what I need. When I'm sad, I can go to dad. And so that's what I want to be remembered by a cool dad. Not because I'm 
I'm hip and I'm on all things, but because I'm available, because my kids know that when they need me, I will show up. When they don't need me, I will still show up. When they want to turn to their friends, they know that I'm there. When they make a poor choice, they know that you call me, I'll come help you get out of that situation, and then we'll deal with the consequences later. But I want to be known as the dad who's always there, that in time of need, in time of greatness, I can rely on my dad. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, tell us about the best compliment you've ever gotten. My 10-year-old tells me frequently that I'm the best dad in the world, and that means a lot because he was abandoned at Walmart. That's how he came into foster care. On Valentine's Day, his mom was shoplifting, and she tried to run from the security guard while he was in the basket, and they stopped her. She left him in the basket and took off. She was with a friend, so the mom thought, okay, I'm leaving with a friend. But the friend had her own troubles, and so she denied like didn't know the kid and so he came into foster care he said so many adults tell him and to hear that i'm the best dad in the world not because like i'm the best but because he knows that i pour my heart into him he knows that he can be with me and when we are together that it's going to be something that he enjoys doing it's going to be something that is about him so that's the best compliment i can get is when they say i'm the world's best dad because I, I either am or I'm not. Their opinion is the one that matters. I mean, no individual is better or worse than the other, but the way we show up, our intentionality, our mindset, that what that what is what separates us. That's what makes us at a different level. Not that I'm better than you or you're not as valuable, but the mindset and the way we show up is our values perceived more or better for our family. And for me, that's what matters most. I could care less what other people think in the world. If my home thinks I'm great, then I try to do more of that. So they say that. And the second biggest thing, compliment, is also from my own kids that they call me a fix-it daddy, meaning that when there's a problem, they come to me. When they break their toy, their piece of crap dollar McDonald's toy that they want fixed that needs to be thrown away, I try to fix it. It's, but for them, it's something that's important, so I fix it. I fix a lot of things that they break or that are – and then if I can't fix it, I I have a conversation with them. This is something that is not going to work if I fix or whatever. This probably needs to be thrown away. And then I have the ability to have a conversation with them. This broke because of the choices you made. This broke because you weren't protecting it. You weren't taking care of it. You got upset and you threw it. These are sometimes the consequences with the choices but also, not only just fixing things, fixing their challenges as far as being a listener, helping them work through. I don't allow my kids to say, I can't. If I hear my kids say, I can't, I say, well, keep trying. Do it more. And then when the tears come, I give them something simple, a step to break it down so they can fix their own problems. So for me, when I'm called to fix it, daddy, I'm truly fixing their things, but I'm fixing their broken hearts, their scraped knee all the things. And so when they call me a fix it daddy, they're often there with me fixing the things. It's a moment for me to bond with my kids. And so being called a fix it daddy means they either want my help or they want to do exactly what I'm doing. If I have a tool, I'm fixing something. They either try to take the tool that I'm using 
or grab a different one to copy what I'm doing. And so that's quite a privilege when they do call me a fix-it daddy because they know I'm there for them. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to move on to the bonus questions. The bonus question is, how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? The way someone can add immediate value to me is first show up in your home and, and then second, show up for the community that I'm building. I'm My focus 100% on dads is a new development. For the past three years, I was mostly focusing on marriage. But at, on Thanksgiving Day, I got an impression, you need to do more to serve fathers. And as I prayed and pondered it through the holidays, my doing more to serve fathers was truly that serving fathers. And so I made a flip. Fathers is my main focus, and focusing on the marriage is something I still do, but it's after I've helped them show up and be more intentional as as a father, whereas before I was focusing on the marriage first, and then that was helping them become better fathers. So for me, show up in your home first, and then show up in the community, be a part of the tribe that I'm building. I have a five-day challenge that I run monthly called the, the Present Dad Challenge, and I really share a framework for dads to be intentional, to be present, and once they have that framework, now they have a bigger capacity to do what they want to do in their business. So that's how you can provide immediate value for me. Come into my world. Be a part of that challenge. Share your friends who are dads. Send them to that challenge because in that challenge, it really set the foundation for change in this world for being a present father. Eliminate the busyness and increase the desire to show up at home. So that's where you can provide the most value for me is showing up at home or being a part of my challenge at dadsunleashed.com forward slash present. And Jerome, you can put the, the link um, for the listeners, but it's dadsunleashed.com forward slash present is where you can register for the challenge. Um, I know in the bio it said, said a free challenge, but that's now progressing into a paid challenge for $47 for entry fee or VIP where you can get more time with me, ask your questions one-on-one -on -one, and really build a community for of other fathers. Okay. Um, how can someone, you may have already answered, but how can someone add immediate value to your business? That that's I'm sorry, long-term value to your business. Be, be a part of my coaching program, which is a mastermind for dads and that provi provides long-term value to my business because the community that I'm building um, is a brotherhood. It's a place where dads can come and they can eliminate that warrior nonsense. And what I mean by warrior nonsense is a lot of the dad programs that you see now are, you got to be the warrior, no emotion, everything, you got to be so tough. You got to be cut in the gym all the time, all these, and that's fine, but that's not what our kids need. Our kids need a dad who's available emotionally. Our dad, our kids need someone who can do what they, they need them to do. And so I don't, I'm not against the warrior dad, be tough, be strong, but it can't be the only thing that is the focus And my community is one where we elevate each other where we learn and grow and where in time of need, 
you could rely on these men to boost you up. Because there's always going to be times where we struggle, where we're challenged, where life is hard, and we need just a little boost. And this community that I'm building, it's new, but it's a powerful community uh, of men that want to show up, want to be the best husband, father, want to be the best for themselves. So that's how you can provide long-term value is just join a part of my community. I have a Facebook group. I have a mastermind. Okay. We'll get all of that added into the show notes. Uh, next, let's see. Let's move on to the next question. I want to move on to the closing table. In real estate, we have what's called the closing table. The closing table is where everything goes down. It means it's time to wrap up and let's get this deal over with. So closing table, let's see. So you, one of the things that I really admire, I admire when people publish books. Um, I, before we get to the closing table, I want you to tell us a little bit about those books uh, that you publish and uh, just tell us about each, why you published it and what they're about. Okay, so the first one that, I talk about the most is my 10 year old son is a published author at seven years old. He and my wife put together a children's book. It's called, will you be my friend? And it, the characters are, are my kids. And what it kind of does is it's a book about feelings. So my son changed school between kindergarten and, and first grade. And he was really worried about making friends and really worried about the transition and, and things like that. And so in this book, it talks about him going to a new, a new school, being alone, being afraid on the first day. And there's this a bully kid that kind of laughs at him for eating lunch alone. And then there's this other kid that comes up and says, hey, join us for football. And so throughout the book, it shows him start developing a friendship. But throughout the book, it's a real simple read, but the questions say, have, I'm afraid, I'm sad, I'm lonely, and all the different emotions that someone would feel who's trying to build friends and then happy and sad, happy and excited once they start to be included. And in the book, it gives the chance for the parents to have those conversations with their children. Have you ever felt sad? Have you ever felt angry? Have you felt frustrated? And many times, especially as a foster parent, the kids that we cared for didn't even know how to feel those emotions, alone identify those emotions. So that's where that book came from. Is It was started as a bedtime story and progressed into a book about feelings. And everyone needs a friend. And sometimes we just need to ask. Sometimes we suffer in silence. And there's so many people that would be willing to be there to support us or to help us. We just need to ask because they don't know what's going on. So that, that one I'm really proud of. My son illustrated most of the pictures. He drew most of the pictures. I colored them, but that one I'm really proud of because a seven-year-old, that book actually helped him become more confident. Before that, he was really reserved, felt like he had to be perfect because if he let another adult down, he was going to have problems. He wasn't going to be sure if they were going to come back because of the trauma that he had in foster care. But, like, even playing football, he was real timid. And But as he wrote that book, when it first became published, he was scared to talk about it. And then we got him on a podcast, a friend hosted a podcast, and he talked a little bit about the book. And then from there, he started opening it up and telling people about his book. And then 
many of you may know Catherine Jones in the entrepreneur world. Um, her husband, Travis, hosted a kid shark tank. And my son was able to host a booth there. And in two hours, he sold 20 books. And then he sold two hours, two books later at a family gathering. So he sold 22 books in two hours. That's some pretty good money at $10 a book for, for an eight-year-old or nine-year-old. And so eight, I think it was eight when he did that. And ever since he had that experience, he was more confident in the classroom. His grades increased. He was more confident on the football field. When people say things who are not kind, he has more capacity to brush that off. And he's got more self-confidence because he, he has vitiligo, which is a change in the skin pigment in his hand. And so as a young Afri African-American boy, to have white spots on your hand can be pretty embarrassing. And, and when kids don't know and they talk, what's wrong with your hand? When those are the exact words he hears before his book, he used to cry. He used to shut it down. Now he tells them they're his cheetah spots and he's very fast and he's run. So he's owned that spot. He's owned his identity. He's owned who he is as a published author. That's been huge. We got some journals that are parent child journals that parents can write back and forth with their kids. It's a great way for increasing connection, especially with a teenager who doesn't necessarily come to their parents when there's a problem. They want to go to their friends or, or people at school first. Then I have a book with some marriage tips. Then I have another book that we were um, we wrote a chapter and it was a collaboration book, all available on Amazon. If you just type in Corey Rankin on Amazon, they'll pull up a whole list, my son's books, the journals. Um, the You Matter, you can look right over my left shoulder right here this is one of the journals you matter to me and okay. that that's a book that it's just it goes you matter to me and it talks about my favorite memory it's it has different prompts that the parents can say why the kid matters to them what their favorite memory is why they're important why they're so smart all these different things and it's really an opportunity for the parent and child to connect and then once the book's full Put it in your memories and, and do another one. And that's something you can look back when the kids are older. We don't often record a lot of our experiences, our memories, our our joys as a family. But with this book, you can record it. It's for the whole year. Once you fill it up, you get the next book. And you can get a new book every year. You can get a new book every once in a while. And this, is actually, this book's actually a game changer because my son, who's currently seven, when we wrote these books, he was four or five. I think he was five. He COVID kindergarten. He was learning how, how to write. He wasn't reading yet. He must have been four because he wasn't reading yet. He wasn't writing. And um, my wife would write in the book, and we would read it to him, and then he would scribble, or we would tell him what to write back. And every day for a long time, he would say, Mommy, will you write in my blue book? And the cover was blue, and that's what he was talking about. But something we originally made for our own kids had a huge impact for them, and then we brought it out to be available for other parents. And th those are the books I'll highlight. The, the marriage okay. ones are, are good, but I'll, I'll just highlight those two. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. So 
Um, I usually ask people like what books, but when I get authors, I like them to promote their books. Uh, maybe we can do like another podcast episode where you talk about some other books that influence you because we're pressed for time. Uh, now, uh, what's one question you wish I'd ask you and how would you have answered that question? Um, I, I don't know so much the question that I would put behind this, but something I didn't say um, Jerome, when you asked me, what does it look like to be an intentional father? How does an entrepreneur do that? One thing I didn't say is be very focused. Like every single day, give your kids some attention, even if it's just 10 minutes. So my kids are young. They're four, six, six, seven, and 10. Five kids. Um, a few years ago, I had four under four, and that was quite a challenge. But every day, my wife and I, we spend 10 minutes just with the kids. And so with the five kids, it works out perfectly. We pray together as a family. So each day of the week, my kid get my kids get a day. My oldest gets Monday. My youngest gets Friday. And so they do the family prayers that day. And when it's their specific day before bed, we do an additional 10 or 15 minutes of just reading time. Because reading is so important for the development of their minds and their development as desire to be an entrepreneur and just for success overall. So on their prayer day, they get additional reading time, but every other, every other day, well, even on their reading day, they get 10 minutes of time, just me and them. They get to pick the activities. They get to tell me all the things. And depending on our schedule, I do my best to get all five of my kids 10 minutes every single day. But depending on the schedule, depending on what activities they have, at the very least, I will take three and my wife will take two or we'll switch. So every child, every day gets a minimum of 10 minutes. And I would recommend that for you as well. If it's 10 minutes, great. If it's five minutes, whatever. But do something that is just about that kid. Let them be the decision maker. Obviously, when it happens just before bed and they say, I want ice cream, we're not doing ice cream. I'll have to invite them to do a different choice. But I'll say, if that's something you do, maybe on the weekend or another day, we can have a date. And so if they say something that they want to do in that time, that is not an, a choice that's available at that moment, I put it in my memory bank. And then that becomes the activity that I do on a one-on-one -on -one date at a future time. Thank you for sharing that. So the last question is, um, we'd like to learn like more about you. So how can we learn more about Corey online? Like, how do we find you? And I, I encourage you to, so that's one, like, how do we learn about you overall? But number two is I want you to talk about the challenge again, too. So tell us how well, we can learn about you, then tell us about the challenge. Yeah. So the best place to learn about me is just having a true, genuine connection. And you can find me on Facebook, just Corey Rankin, and you'll, you'll find me pretty easily. I'm just now starting a, a YouTube channel that has a few videos, but it's going to have more content. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to post a video. Monday is going to be Men Chat Monday, where I just really talk to the men and, and share a tip or share something to be more intentional and elevate as a father. Wednesdays is going to be worship or Wednesday. Wisdom Wednesday, meaning I'm going to share on Wednesdays either my wins for myself or my clients, the things that I learned in my personal growth journey that week, 
the things that I learned in my spiritual journey, whether it's through scriptures or spending time in prayer or thought, that's the messages that I'll share on Wednesday, something that is sharing new knowledge that I've acquired that week. And Fridays is going to be Father Fridays where I share a tip or a challenge or something to do together with your kids over the weekend. So that's what you'll find on YouTube. On on Facebook, you'll find other, other content. And then the, the challenge is something that I'll do monthly. Um, it's a challenge that I'm starting specifically for fathers. And with the challenge, it's five days. On general mission, you get one hour a day, and I really will give you the breakdown of the framework. If you choose to go VIP, that will be an additional hour before the challenge starts where you can ask me questions. If you have a parenting question or a question in business, whatever your question is, you'll get some one-on-one -on -one coaching from me. And in the challenge, um, I share that framework, but I also share an invitation to join us, to come join our brotherhood, to join the mastermind. And with that invitation, I'm just inviting you to, to elevate and be in a community where the focus is the children. The focus is on becoming more as a husband, as a father, as an individual. Because when we don't take care of ourselves, the people that need us most, we can't give the best attention to. So that would be my things where you can find me. Join me in the challenge at dadsunleashed.com forward slash present. Or find me, Corey Rankin, on uh, Facebook. Jerome will put the links for that. And you can get my son's book or the journals on Amazon, just type Corey Rankin and those will all come up. But that's that's me. That's where you can find. I love connection. Feel free to send me a friend request, but not just a friend request. Send me a request with a message that said, hey, I appreciate what you're doing or this is what I'm doing. I really find my greatest joy in being a part of other people's wins. So I love real connection. So find me on Facebook. Um, I'm not that active on instagram but um starting this year that's changes focused um so yeah i'm i'm available come find me thank you uh so uh most people close their podcasts with like a closing statement but i got this from one of my podcast guests her name's dewan dewan like specializes in short uh short sales in the real estate space she was like i give them one word to close it out so i pose you close us out with one word show up show up that's two words. Smushed together. A compound word. Compound tell us why word. you put. Tell us. Tell us why you put show up. Well, if you're not there, you can't have the connection with your kids. If you're not there, you can't serve. Certainly, as a real estate agent, if you're not there, you're not closing any deals. That bank yep. account's going to stay empty. Those homes are going to stay empty if you're not there to list them, to show them, to to close the deal. Show up in the Thank home you. first, show up for yourself, and then show up in the business. And when that is your approach, God and family first, and yourself, and then the business, you show up in that order, you'll watch things explode for you. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate you for doing this with us today. Um, I want to close us out. I want you to stay on so we can catch up for like three minutes. But thank you again so much for doing this. You're welcome.